The game plan of You Are the Power is pretty simple. We find people who are being harmed or abused or neglected or mistreated by their local governments. And uh, yeah, this is my life's work. Uh, we want to help people. This is something that has already began to affect real change. This isn't some distant, futuristic, utopic or utopian <laughs> dream. It's already happening. It's making its courts. It's making waves right now as we speak. If you want to learn how to become an effective activist and then to do actual activism and actually help people now, not wait for, like you said, some distant utopian future where libertarians take over the world and leave everyone alone. If you want to do that now, that's what we're doing. This next year is going to be the year that people see what liberty actually looks like. Not what it sounds like, not what our philosophy is, but what it act, the actual results and ideas, the solutions behind what we do. So that's what I'm doing with You Are The Power. I would love for you to be a part of it. Youarethepower.net. We'd love for you to become a member. And uh, yeah, this is my life's work. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Friday edition of Off the Wire Daily. I am your host, Noella Lynn, aka the Cajun Libertarian. Go to youarethepower.net, sign up for free today, and get the daily newsletter and find out what's going on with YATP official at YATP official on Twitter and stay up to date on what Spike has going on. Also, this episode is brought to you by at underscore infinite zeal. So go, go, go to Twitter and follow him at, at underscore infinite zeal, please. And check out the link in his bio. This episode is also brought to you by at the lunatic libertarian. Follow him on Facebook and subscribe to his YouTube channel and check out his show. That's the lunatic libertarian. All right, let's get going. We This is going to be kind of a good news Friday. Um, first off, please like the show, share it with your friends, comment. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the above, and leave me a five-star review. Good afternoon from Mad Villain. Good afternoon to you, good sir. This is a good news Friday. So I've been off for about a week and a half. The burnout's really real, right? Sometimes you just got to walk away for a little bit, and I had to walk away for a little bit. So I am glad to be back with you on this fine Friday as we enter the weekend with some good news. First off on this good news Friday, uh, family punished for opposing transgender student in lockers and girls locker room scores settlement with school district. This is from the blaze on May or I'm sorry, June 6th. Uh, a family reached a $125,000 settlement with a Vermont school district that punished them for speaking out against a biological male student using the girls locker room. The daily signal reported on Friday. So amen. Hallelujah. A win for free speech. Now, most of you have probably seen there was a guy like at a pride parade or something like that, I believe. And he was, um, I think, arrested for just reading the Bible. But I'm going to hold out on that one. That's why I haven't talked about it, uh, frankly, because there's no way that that's going to win. Like, absolutely. That's a like blatant violation of the First Amendment. Uh, these have gotten a little muddy. So this is actually a very, regardless of the topic at hand, it's an absolute win for the First Amendment. Quote, this settlement was a huge victory for freedom of speech. Right? Exactly. Not just for the Blake and not just for Blake and me, but for anyone who wants to voice their opinion on important topics. That is correct. Travis Allen told the White River Valley Herald. Blake Allen, then 14, was suspended from school after her father, Travis Allen, lost his coaching position after both spoke out against a biological male using the girls' locker room at Randolph Union High School. Under the terms of the settlement, the Allen's records will be cleared of references to the disciplinary action. That's excellent. Travis Allen will be reinstated as a middle school soccer coach. Outstanding. And the district will pay the family and their attorneys $125,000. So this is not just a win for free speech, obviously, 
but this is a penalty, a blatant monetary penalty, or I say, or I say, uh, overt monetary penalty for even trying to go against the uh, First Amendment, the freedom of speech. So that's absolutely excellent. Now, I have an absolutely hilarious video to show you. This guy gets it spot on. I don't know. I've, I've not seen this video go viral. I can't believe it didn't, but this guy really nails it. Check this out. So I'm supposed to be dumb enough to believe that just any old Tom, Dick, and Harry can walk up on a stage right up to the Vice President of the United States of America and snatch a microphone out of her hand. Let's let that one sink in for a minute. He's absolutely correct. And my man, if you ever come across this video, you should absolutely uh, try radio. You have an excellent voice for radio. Outstanding voice. Good afternoon. There is one of my main sponsors, the main sponsor, along with Lunatic Libertarian Infinite Zeal, at underscore Infinite Zeal. That guy absolutely is correct. There's no absolute way that Secret Service isn't everywhere. And they would not stop that from happening well before you would have even seen the stage. They're just getting so sloppy with this because they've gotten away with it for so long. And people will actually believe this nonsense. There's no way <laughs> that place is littered with law enforcement, Secret Service, FBI, everything you can imagine. That's the vice president of the United States, whether you like her or not, irrelevant. There's no way that ever happens. They are getting so freaking sloppy. All right. Some of you might have seen uh, this is just something we want to laugh about. And again, good on Good News Friday. I am going to make this good news. Hundreds of white women gather at Colorado Capitol after plea from women of color to use their privilege to demand action on gun bias. This thing's all over the place. This is from CNN. So in short, a bunch of white women went and sat out at the, uh, out the Capitol steps because apparently they were convinced that their voice mattered more. They're supposed to be using their priv their white privilege to go and literally get oh what's his name Jared Polis to uh, to ban guns. Uh, it's quite hilarious. No, it didn't work. And even worse than that, one mild little rainstorm and they all bailed on the event. Hilarious. Great news. So uh, let's read a little bit of the news here. Hundreds of white women gathered at the Colorado Capitol Monday morning, where uh, with more expected to show up throughout the day to use their quote-unquote privilege in a silent sit-in to demand J uh, Governor Jared Polis, ugh, my bad, ban guns and create a gun buyback program. Here for the kids, a movement created after him. It's, oh, it's so mad. You are not here for the kids. In fact, that was determined to be a lie. Because guess what? I protect my kids with my firearms and other weapons as well. So you're not here for the kids. You're just virtue signaling, and it's gross. And you have absolutely no morals or principles. The movement was created shortly after the shooting in Nashville in March that left six people dead, including three kids. Calls for uh, primary, here's where it gets funny, primarily white women to peacefully sit in until Polis, a Democrat, signs an executive order banning guns. It was founded by two women of color, Sarah Rio, who is the, who is uh, South Asian American, sorry, and Tina Strong, who is black, both are mothers. Strawn told CNN the movement calls for white women to be at the front, forefront of the sit-in because, quote, we know what happens when white women show up with demands. We know what happens when 
white women show up in large numbers to fight for our rights. We've been doing it for generations. We're always the ones. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she's talking about, uh, I guess, colored women there. Their bodies are in most danger and at most risk. Uh, you know, historically not wrong there. But um, it's 2023. You're not getting hurt. You can you can go do a silent sit-in. But that was not even uh, what she was really talking about. So it appealed to me very much. This is again a, a quote. Uh, so it appeals to me that very much that this was actually a time where we are asking black folks and other marginalized and vulnerable communities to sit this one out and allow the white women, white women in their privileged bodies, their privilege and their power to show up. It's time for them to show up. It's so stupid. This is not a serious country. It's just not. We're not a serious people. You, you, it's unreal the route that we're going down and in an unbelievable rate of speed too incredible and that's fun to mock and laugh at these people because it's so utterly on its face ridiculous but at the same time oh man we are just a country full of absolutely moronic stupid historically illiterate um electorate that's just a fact that means that mad villain says repeal the 19th amendment uh, that's that's getting very popular and mostly by women even my wife was like yeah i'll totally give up my right to vote if we can fix this she literally said that and i was like no we need your vote to fix it <clears throat> that was a true story that really happened it was like two weeks ago we had that conversation because i was telling her about a bunch of people repealing the 19th and she was like yeah yeah i'm good i'm down for it let's do it i'm like no <laughs> Uh, it's too funny. All right. Um, a couple of weeks, last thing of, of order here. And uh, here, let's play another video before we get to the last subject. If y'all remember the scene in town hall, probably a lot of people did not watch that with Trump, but there was this freaking hilarious clip from him. And this is, you know, kind of one of the reasons all of his base really loves him because it's just, I mean, it is, he's wildly entertaining. So uh, let's watch this. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wasn't allowed to put that in. <laughs> the caption reads, therapist, what uh, what kind of red flags does she have? Her had? dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge <laughs> wasn't allowed to put that in. <laughs> vagina. The judge wouldn't allow it in. It was the worst, most bigly corrupt of all the court cases. And the cat's name was Vagina. Okay. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, right? Laughing emojis. All right, so um, it was a week or two ago. I guess it had to be about two weeks ago yesterday when I had Kyle Becker on, a major journalist, huge platform. And I used one of his articles to talk about how the WHO urges global governance to address pandemics and climate change. GOP responded with bills to leave WHO. We uh, briefly touched on it. Absolutely nightmarish garbage stuff, right? Literally, this is a one-world government. I'll give you a little bit of what we didn't go through, and then I'm going to follow that up with Again, Good News Friday, major backlash to, a, as there should be, a one-world government. It's going to happen eventually anyway, but let's uh, let's go to here. According to Tedros, and Tedros is uh, somebody that, that is under the WHO, member nations must establish a global architecture for health emergency preparedness, prevention, response, and resilience, which includes global governance, financing, and health emergency systems. Ambassador Pamela Hamato who is currently representing the U.S. in negotiations for the WHO Pandemic Accord, the WHO Pandemic Accord, with the agreement scheduled to be signed by the 194 member nations of the WHO in 2024. Amendments to the International Health Regulations, or IHRS, IHR, and then S as in plural, 
are being discussed under the auspices of the WHO. The aim of these negotiations is to establish legally binding treaties and agreements that would facilitate a united response among member nations during health emergencies with decision-making authority, largely vested in the WHO. So that was what we kind of covered there. So we're going to keep our eye on it, but there has been some backlash. And then uh, this is also from Kyle Becker, same journalist here, and he follows up. It says, World Health Organization provokes backlash to controversial amendment to force nations into lockdowns. Quite literally, that's what they're advocating for. Quite literally. They want... And this has been talked about before. I don't know if you remember this or not, but literally Biden was talking about signing over medical sovereignty to the WHO. And that's what they're asking for is just like whenever there's a pandemic or anything of that nature, they just want to uh, centralize all of the authority underneath the auspices of the WHO. So quite terrifying and, and absolutely hard pass. So uh, let's read a little bit here and then we're going to get up out of here and enjoy our weekend. I missed mounting criticism over the World Health Organization's handling of the latest pandemic. New powers being considered by the UN agency have sparked fears that they could potentially subject countries like Britain, the US, and Australia to lockdowns, lockdown measures dictated by the WHO. That's exactly what they're uh, advocating for. The wording of the amendment, quote, parties recognize WHO as the guidance and coordinating authority of the international public health response during public health emergency of international concern and undertake to follow whose recommendations in the international public health response, end quote. This could uh, include enforcing measures such as vaccine passports. Did you think those were going away? No, they're coming right back. Vaccine passports and border closures. Uh, that seems a bit ironic considering the current situation down at the southern border, effectively granting the WHO the ability to dictate public health policies to member countries. Critics have described this proposal as an unprecedented land grab by the WHO, raising concerns about the erosion of national sovereignty and the potential to uh, sorry, potential for excessive control over policy and budgets. The proposed amendments also stipulate that member states must allocate 5% of their health budgets for pandemic preparedness if approved. This requirement has added to the concerns raised by politicians and activists who fear that the WHO's expanded powers could result in significant financial burdens for member countries. Well, of course, but no, that is not our main concern. Our main concern is, as always, centralization of authority and power. That's always been a bad idea, especially on a global scale. Under no circumstance can we allow this to happen. Cannot continue. I mean, they're just consolidating all of the power. Look at what's going on with the consolidation of the banks right now. That is centralizing bank power, financial power. And now they want to centralize, they want to centralize everything under basically one global government. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Mad <laughs> villain who can eat a bag of these. Amen. Yes, agreed. Yes, yes, yes. All righty, all righty. Um, let's see. Uh, we'll leave it right there. That, that That's good enough for now. I'll go over it more in details. We get more uh, information that comes down from that scenario. We obviously will be following that very closely. So if you haven't already, my friends, please like the show, share it, and subscribe. Hit the notifications bell so that every time the show goes live, you will be there. Madeline says, nice shirt, by the way. Thank you. I forgot to mention it. It is print guns, not money. And now more than ever, that rings true for sure. Have a kick-a weekend. You too. 
One more word from our sponsors at Lunatic Libertarian and at underscore infinite zeal. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. We will leave it right there. Galatians 2.20 and I am out.